Hello and welcome to Wonderful. I'm David Pearl, the founder of Street Wisdom, and this is a podcast that we've designed for anyone who wants to get some inspiration on the go. Let me explain. These are times when a lot of us are using a walk to create a bit of thinking time. A bit of time when no one's asking anything of us. Time to chew ideas over, to think about what comes next and maybe get a bit of inspiration. And a lot of us, me included, are listening to podcasts while we walk. Wonderful is a podcast designed specifically for that. A podcast for you to walk to. Something to put a bit of wonder in your wonder, as it were. Every episode, we'll head out onto the street to explore something that makes us wonder, either in awe or in puzzlement. Like, how do words actually work? Are strangers strange, or is it us? Why do our lives squiggle in that annoying way they seem to? And how do you keep your love life alive in the age when everyone is wearing elasticated waists and athleisure wear. We'll hear from a guest who's got something inspiring, provocative, or just plain funny to share. And using that as inspiration, then will you take the rest of the walk to find our own answers to the questions on our minds. It's a kind of experience wrapped inside a podcast, really. Now, you're welcome to listen to this lying on the sofa, but if you want to get some real inspiration, I suggest we boot up and head out onto the street together. Oh, and one more thing. If for any reason you can't get out into the street for a wonder, you know, maybe you're in lockdown or, I don't know, maybe you locked yourself in and the key is somewhere in the, the dirty laundry, whatever, do not worry. Just listen as you take a wander around your home, as you'll find. Inspiration is actually everywhere. So here we are fellow wanderers uh, out and about wending our way through the back streets I, I, um, I don't know where you are but I'm in London the back streets of London and school's out so you might be able to hear in the background the sound of merry children playing and screaming and tormenting their parents um, wind there's a word I just used which I looked up recently it means to sort of walking it in a vague direction, but using indirect routes. And I feel that's a very good description of wandering and um, what I love about doing it. And what I love about you know, street wisdom, what people seem to like is that, that license not to do the normal A to B walking. Uh, here I'm going to the shops, now I'm going to work, and now I'm going up the stairs. You know, it's very purposeful. It's more the, what I call in the book, purposeful purposelessness. And you, it's like being off the map and it's like you're it's like you're improvising you're dealing with the unforeseen and, and that my friends is a perhaps very obvious link to the subject that i wanted us to have a stroll through in this episode of wonderful improvisation literally im means un pro means for visation is sort of seen so the unforeseen what happens when life throws the unforeseen at us how do we cope and how can we more than cope? How can we thrive? Where's the power in improvising more? And there's no one better that I can think of to guide us through the mysteries of improvisation than this week's guest, who is the brilliant, funny, talented and very, very nice 
Pippa Evans. Now, Pippa is someone I feel I know very well. Um, but the truth is, we actually only really connected on this podcast. But the reason I think I know her well is that our paths, our ways, our professions, if you like, have been, have been strangely parallel. She, like me, has got a background in music. Um, she spent a lot of time in the theatre. And she, like me, sort of found, wended her way to improvisation. Um, f- from the more classical, slightly more controlled arts, she found that improvisation was a freeing and wonderful place. Scary, but wonderful place to be. But also, strangely, uh, in parallel again, Pippa's branched out and she has co-founded a social movement, a little bit like Street Wisdom. Um, hers is called uh, Sunday Assembly. You may have read about it in the newspapers. Some people call it the, the Church for Atheists. Essentially, it's, uh, it's, uh, the idea is, can people who don't believe in God still enjoy the social pleasures of getting together on a Sunday to meet each other and sing some songs? And Pippa and Sanderson Jones, her co-founder, thought, yeah, we can do that. And by golly, they did. And uh, Sunday assemblies are now all over the world. So um, she's a social activist, artivist as well. And finally, another parallel is that Pippa is an author. She just brought out a book called Improv Your Life. Yes, that's improv, not improve, improv your life, which I think brilliantly takes the lessons of improv and sort of bridges across to the everyday world so that we can learn its lessons. So I spoke to Pippa earlier this week and why don't we, let's drop into the conversation just around where I'm asking her about the book. Um, Why did she write it and what can we all learn from it? I think you'll find Pippa absolutely fascinating. Oh, and, and, you know, at the end of the interview on Wonderful, um, we like to take a fragment of what our guest has said and turn it into an exercise so that as we walk, we can have a bit of an experience together. Well, this week, I didn't need to come up with an exercise because Pippa does it for us. So enjoy, hold on tight, get your improv shoes on, and let's go meet... Pepper Evans. Well, but it seems to me the book, um, sort of in a way that I haven't seen before, beautifully bridges the world of improv and the world of the world, as it were. Was uh, was that your intention? Um, yes, yes, it was because, as you say, I, I totally believe we all we are. I do believe we are all improvising because we don't know what's happening. We have no control over anything other than ourselves. So we can only make our offers and then a counter offer comes back. And that's whether that's, you know, improv is used so much in business development. Um, But uh, I feel like that's such a shortening of what it offers us because yeah, so we are improvising our way through life. So all the book is doing really is putting a name to what people are already doing. And then once you have an awareness of it, then you can stretch it and and use it and explore it more rather than feel um, intimidated or shrunk by the world, the world, let the world be something to explore. And I think improvisation, again, people can't see me, but improvisation, I feel, turns you from being in, inward seeking to outward seeking. 
So yeah. you become open to opportunities and ideas and you're willing to at least hear the idea. I think that's one of the biggest changes. So it's not like, it doesn't mean that you're now going to be like, yes, I will fly to Canada. Yes, I will become a monk. It's going to be, it's like, a, it's like I, yes, I will listen to the offer and then I will decide how I want to build with that offer. And the build cab could be, no, I'm not going to be a monk, okay? Um, but at least we're going to hear it. So often we we don't even want to hear what's being said because even hearing it means we'd have to admit that it exists. And that's very hard. Oh, that's, that's geopolitics right there, Pippa. You need to be <laughs> prime minister or something. <laughs> Let's ask Pippa Evans about following your obvious and 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 what does that mean? What does it mean following your obvious? Because it really loads this wonderful stuff in the book, but that really it's it, it seemed to twang something it, it, that I'm ex- we've been exploring in in wonderful, which is there's a sort of you sort of know which way to go, but you don't know you know. But say say more from your perspective. What does it mean? Yeah, so follow your obvious is really important to me actually because we have so much external influence that we forget to notice our own internal wishes. Um, and we so therefore we might always ask permission before we do something. And that doesn't mean I literally say, oh, is it okay if I talk about this now? Um, but rather that I might say, oh, I'm going to talk about this. What do you, what do you think, David? Um, and, and so it's like a side ask. And, and But if you even, you know, wrinkle your nose, I might go, oh, well, it's, maybe it's not a good idea. So I'm not trusting where my sense of where to go. And so in an improv show, this is so important because the show is built in the moment. So if in the moment I'm questioning my offers, we're going to get into trouble because the, we stall, we stagnate. So I have to trust that if I go, if I think, oh, you're definitely a king. You know, oh, uh, welcome your lord. Please welcome. Uh, here he is, his royal highness, King Jasper the Eighth. I have to say it with that conviction rather than, oh, is, sorry, are you King Jasper the Eighth? Which no one would ever say to King Jasper the Eighth, right? No one would ever go, oh, I think, excuse me, excuse me, are you King Jasper the Eighth? It's too casual for King Jasper the Eighth. So, so that's where it comes from, this idea. Uh, and that the example I often use in classes or if I'm doing a workshop is I say, if I say the word tomato, what's the next word you think of? And you'll get, I don't know, pasta sauce, Italy, mozzarella, um, what are those in the stocks, you know, whatever it is. And, and the point is, all of those are correct, um, but none of them are the same. Mm. So to so to to not be frightened of the fact that sometimes your obvious will not be the same as someone else's obvious. And that is okay. And and the only way we can start to really learn what our obvious is, is to start following it and trusting it. Mm. And then when it falls, you know, sometimes it, it won't serve you. And so then we can notice it and not let that, not let that make us go back to asking permission, but rather to go, okay, I'm going to follow my obvious. Um, but I'm, <laughs> I now, I now notice there's two obvious voices. So I'm going to start <laughs> not listening to that obvious voice and, and start checking in with this obvious voice. So, yeah, just really following your own instincts, your gut, uh, and uh, trusting your own imagination. I, I looked up the word obvious, uh, inspired by you, and it's something like the things you find on the way, because via is the way. And I just thought, God, that's exactly what we're talking about, things mm. that things that are on your way. And have you got an example of, of Pippa following her obvious? Um, I suppose 
a career version of it was I used to be this American singer-songwriter called Loretta Main, and I did that for 10 years. And I got to a point where she was she was doing very well, but I felt terrible. I just hated it, <laughs> to be blunt, bluntly honest. And so lots of people go, oh, it's going really well. Your career's going really well. And you're like, but I feel like death. Like, I feel horrific. I'm not really? enjoying this. Mm. Um, and I think it might not even be serving me at all. Like, I think I might be going a bit, bit bonkers. <laughs> and so I had to choose to just say, uh, oh, yeah, oh, sorry, additional. Um, so that, that was me doing stand-up as this American singer-songwriter character, mm. Loretta May. And then I said... I thought actually I would like to do stand up as myself in my own real voice. Can you imagine? Ooh. And <laughs> but but Loretta was doing so well, so my management was said quite quite reasonably. Look, we've you know we put all this time into Loretta, so let's keep just, let's just keep finding out what's happening with that. But I was like, oh, I really think there's something in me speaking as myself. So I did Edinburgh Festival. I think it was 2014 or. 2014 I think and I did the Loretta show on the main festival but there's also this brilliant thing called the free fringe where you can do a show for very minimal cost um and I did a show called Pippa Evans don't worry I don't know who I am either <laughs> and, uh, and that one that one sold out completely and the Loretta one was often very badly attended so I felt so in that moment I followed my August despite my management not not necessarily not supporting me but not going yeah that's a great plan did the show that was my voice and then from then on stopped doing Loretta Main and found myself feeling much more open and true to what I was needing to do in that time as an artist as a yeah. comedian as a human you know yeah. my parents live in London I live in London and my parents live in London. Uh, my other brothers live far, far away. So um, I was on parent entertainment duty. So most weeks I would, when we were allowed, go and sit in my parents' garden, come rain or shine, and chat to them and talk about, I generally talk about each chapter of the book I've been writing. And I was talking to my dad about Follow Your Obvious. And my dad, in his hilarious dad style just went well it's a ridiculous thing to tell people to do <laughs> people follow me on this but we don't have anything to base it in uh i think it's obvious to set fire to a house uh and i was like that's true you can't again that's true i get what you mean um so curiosity is kind of the side dish with the follow so you're, while you're following the obvious i think another image i use in the book is this idea that you're following your obvious and as you're walking along there's these bushes of curiosity. So they're the berries that you're picking on the way. So as you go through, so if you'll follow the obvious is, I think I want to work in engineering, right? Um, that, that's just what came to my mind. Um, so you start work going down this road of engineering and then someone's talking about um, bridges. You mentioned bridges earlier. So bridge, bridges, you think, oh, I really like bridges. So you, you sort of have this bit where you expand sideways. So it's really about kind of, expanding your trouser line so that you're, you're essentially getting this belly full of information and curiosities and things that are, will will feed following your obvious. So you, you go down that little bridge tangent and you do some research on bridges and you read about them. And then you might even go, oh, that was interesting to learn about bridges. But actually, that's no, no, that's not the way we want to go. So we carry on following our obvious, but we're now going down a different line. 
so expanding the trousers of um, experience, if you like. And I love. <laughs> so you've got this big belly of knowledge. While it you're... sounds like a Ken Campbell show, actually. <laughs> trousers of knowledge. You said a beautiful line again, made me snort out loud, and I sort of woke my wife. Um, it's so beautiful. Uh, you can learn something like you can learn about ships, but you don't have to join the navy. <laughs> the idea of be curious beyond your remit. You don't have to be... Because it, it's interesting to me that there's a difference between being interested and being curious. And I found this in helpful in business or the work I do with people um, who will sometimes find it difficult to be interested in stuff that's not interesting, quotes. Mm. Um, and I like to sort of point out that there's a, there's a sort of judgment in there. So there's a, your... Your ego goes, that's not interesting. That, that doesn't fit David's category of interesting. But curiosity, doesn't. you don't need to be interested to be curious. You can no. be curious about why something's uninteresting. And, and it, I noticed, for example, with shyer people, introverted people, that if they go into a room full of people they don't know looking for someone that interests them, they're going to spend a lot of time by the cheese platter. Mm holding their holding their wine but if they're curious it frees people up they can ask different questions they can i sometimes found it really enjoyable to 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 spend quite a bit of time with hear this in the right way but with sort of bore people that i originally thought were boring and just try and soak into their way and just find what that's like do you know what i mean a bit like pippa looking through the curtains of houses yeah. going, oh, that's the curtain that's not, that's a house. That's, does that ring a bell for you? 100%. I was, I was teaching class last night and, um, and uh, we, it's Improv Your Life course. And one of the games I, we play is called That Reminds Me. So it's a bit about following your obvious, but it's also to give people confidence in telling people's stories, you know, their own stories. And so I might, again, I might say, the, um, I'll give you a word. And the word is, I don't know, grapes. And someone will say, oh, grapes, that reminds me of, of a cheese board at a party I once stood by. You know, and then, and then someone else will go, oh, well, that reminds me of the cheese. And we always have Christmas cheese and whatever it is. And someone else will say, oh, that reminds me, we don't celebrate Christmas in my house because blah, blah, blah. So it's a way of connecting and getting in. And two things came up. One person was just checking in, like, how can I tell a really interesting story to which my answer was, the only person it sounds like who's judging that story right now is you. So first of all, just um, know that you're interesting because people are nosy. <laughs> people <laughs> want to hear weird stuff you do. So the only boring story is a story that doesn't have any like nuggets for anyone to hook onto. So if your story is, when, when I was a kid, I went to a violin class. That's, there's not much there for anyone to join in on. But if we kind of embody the story and tell it in a way where we go, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, I was fine in class. And there was one time where I had to knock on the door for a new teacher and I didn't. I stood outside for like 40 minutes and then all the kids came out and were like, what are you doing standing outside? And it was really, really embarrassing. That's more likely for someone to go, oh, my God, I did something like that. Yeah. You know, so if we put a little bit of ourselves into the story, um, then that's really important. But the second thing was... Um, a couple of people said they found it really hard to get in and say something that reminds me. I was like, well, maybe your role in that moment was to be the listener. Mm. So there's such a pressure to mm. speak. But if we're all speaking, no one's listening. Mm. So if your role is to, if you're like, do you know, what? I've not got nothing to add to this conversation. 
be really present and listen because people will notice that as much as they will notice the story. Is do you have a little exercise or game, jeu, that we could play, that the listeners could play oh, for about 10 minutes while they're walking that would turn help turn a normal walk into something a bit more magical, a bit more wonderful? Well, to be honest, I might suggest that reminds me, actually. So using the idea of while you're walking, that you notice some berries along the way. So so maybe a wall has a particular pattern or something. Oh, that reminds me of the house that my friend had when I was a kid. Or um, that fence reminds me of... um, the fence that I have I don't know whatever it is and and so that it just reminds us of things and then if you if you do what I just did there where I said that fence reminds me of oh and I panic a bit you can then say that reminds me because you could say that fence reminds me of uh, uh, oh and that stutter reminds me of when I did that interview and I couldn't get through the words you know so you can that reminds me that reminds me Okay, peeps, so that's, uh, we've got our instructions. We wander, we look around, and we say to ourselves, that reminds me. You could even say it out loud. Uh, Feel free. The public space is your space, after all. Um, And I'm going to do it with you, and we'll see how we get on. So speak to you again in about 10 minutes. Off we go. Okay, so that tree reminds me of a children's story called The Singing Ringing Tree. And that mud reminds me of a time when I lost my boot (laughs) in the mud. And that ivy reminds me. Welcome back, Wanderistas, wonderful people, Wanderians, maybe Wanderians. So how was that? Um, I went and did the exercise uh, while you were doing it, and wow, I was going along, a cyclist went past, and I thought that reminds me of cycling on my bicycle up the San Bernardino Pass, and then I passed some graffiti. And that reminded me of a wall uh, opposite a concert hall I know when, and, and remember seeing that when I was young. And then I saw people wearing jogging, as you can <laughs> in the background. And that kind of reminded me, David, it is time you did more jogging. Um, amazing. I don't know how you found that, but for me, it turned the landscape around me into a forest of stories into a garden of stories into a huge database of information amazing amazing you i wasn't walking through a london street i was walking through an emporium of narrative um and um that's delightful but can also be incredibly useful i found because street wisdom and the people that use it discover that when the environment switches on the way Pippa helped us switch on the environment around us, it becomes a kind of thought partner. It becomes a creative buddy. And it kind of, if you ask it a question, you'll find that the world around you throws all sorts of answers back. 
So, uh, as our Wander Together comes to a bit of a close, I just want to thank Pippa for taking the time and for being a basically a jolly good egg. She's a good egg. Um, and I want to thank you, my wandering companions, for uh, joining us on this podcast. I know we're not the only podcast out there, but um, so I'm very happy that you chose this one. And all I can say is I really look forward to meeting up again, having a bit of a wander and getting some inspiration on the go. So until next time, have a wonderful life. If you want to find out more about how you can use these techniques to find clarity and navigate your life, then check out streetwisdom.org. Street Wisdom is a non-profit founded by David Pearl and is in 67 countries around the world. It's a free workshop run by volunteers and its mission is to bring inspiration to every street on earth. If you'd like to get involved, you can join a free workshop or download our audio guide from streetwisdom.org. We'd love for you to share the magic of street wisdom, so please do tell a friend. And you can give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at streetwisdom underscore. And if you'd like a copy of Wonderful, you can find it on Amazon in book and Kindle form. All profits will go to Street Wisdom. Wonderful is a Pearl Group production. You can find David on social media at David Pearl here or his website davidpearl.net.